Bada bing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of what feels like a very long week for some reason. Uh, I am your host, Colin McIsaac, and I'm joined by Alex Plant. Back from the dead. And Ben Lamoureux. Alex, you have an uncanny ability of saying exactly what I was planning to say. Because we're the same person. (laughs) So we are back to talk about uh, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo 3DS... So many games, way too many games. Uh, we're not ready to come back like entirely, so it's going to be a little more casual this time. We're just uh, getting ready for E3, which is such a huge time of year. We just had to catch up, talk to you guys about what all we've missed in this episode, uh, talk to you guys about our E3 predictions in one more episode. There are two episodes today you might have noticed. Should have said that first, but whatever. I'm just talking on the fly here. And number three is going to be a live episode from E3. That's three episodes this week, one for every E. Our are you guys ready to do this? Let's do all these. All right. It's going to be easy. <laughs> no, that wasn't good. So, <laughs> basically, last time we talked, Wii U was dead. I don't think the Switch conference had even quite happened yet. Maybe it did, but point is, it was like five months ago. So, we are with a very different Nintendo today than we were at the end of the last console generation for, I guess, for their weird console generation cycle. But, um... Where do you guys think Nintendo is with the Switch? What do you guys think of the hardware? What do you guys think of the system? And uh, what kind of place are they in? I mean, in terms of what place they're in, uh, it's, it's pretty much best-case scenario for Nintendo right now since it's sold out everywhere and appears like it's going to be that way for a while. I've seen that yep. uh, in Japan they're actually doing uh, lotteries where people have to stand in line just to have a chance to pre-order the next wave of Switches. So it's it's pretty <laughs> incredible how, how sold out it's been everywhere. But, of course, some of that's just due to uh, shortages as well. You know, we, we've heard stories about... Uh, Nintendo having to fight Apple for product parts. Right. And I think no small part of that is just how nice the the hardware is. It feels like a sleek piece Mm -hmm. of consumer technology. It's something you want to pick up and play with, even if there's no game on it. Yeah, I love it. It's fun to just fidget with the Joy-Cons and, you know... Hear that click It's gorgeous. It's... Yeah. So, you know, it's... I think it's just a fantastic piece of hardware. Uh, One of the things that I most like about it is is it's trying to make a consumer promise, and it's keeping that promise, which is something you don't Mm -hmm. often see from from first-generation tech. And, you know, this is something that Nintendo has has historically done very well, but uh, for this to be their their first stab at this and for them to do so well is, is kind of surprising. Um, oh, because totally. we all know they're not—they're not the high-tech kings, and and they seem to have hit exactly the right tech they need for this uh, for this piece of hardware. Right. I mean, they just delayed and paid online subscription service, which is commonplace from 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, but no, it's great. The OS is great. It's a little basic, bare bones, but um, very much you know so it gets right the now. job done. And the loading times are so fast. Yeah, I, I've so. especially uh, I've been buying games digitally for the most part. Like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, for example, it's it's just so quick compared to the Wii U version, which I yeah. owned you know physically, where you've got that barrier of discs just not reading particularly fast. So uh, right. yeah, the, the cartridges load fast, and if you buy your games digitally, they load even faster, which is just sort of prompted me to want to buy all my games digitally, which means I'm going to be uh, needing an SD card pretty soon here because not a ton of hard drive space. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised to be so willing to just flip the switch on, you know, I, I am very much like a physical collector of games and I only have... Uh, I think the first, the launch games I bought with Switch, I bought on the game card. So I got Zelda 1-2 Switch and Bomberman R. Should have just got Zelda. But the point is, uh, every game I care about on Switch, I have digitally. And I love being able to just access every piece of software right there. No game switching needed, especially for a portable console. Like, it's just incredible. Yeah, I'm, that's sort of one of the things that's disappointing me about Switch, actually, because I'd, I'd love to go digital. Um, I, I know one of the things that I was really looking forward to about Switch was cartridges, but I would go digital, I think, because, yeah, the convenience is just so great. Um, but they don't have a really nice uh, family share, don't have a way to log into uh, your account on multiple systems and download your games again. And I'm going to be a two-Switch household, so that doesn't really work for me. Two-Switch household, yeah, that would be a problem. 
Um, they do, I, I gotta say, I really like the user account system for, like, a single switch, because then your software is basically shared across all accounts, and you can log in as different users, essentially, to access different save files. Yeah. So, like, I was at first so surprised to see that Zelda basically has just one save game, but then, uh, realizing the ease of use is switching between users is just really great. I, I literally have, um, two of the four accounts I have on the system right now are just Colin and then Colin too for any extra save files I want. <laughs> right. um, I also have two save files for Zelda, perfectly. but the, the names are a little more pointed. Well, I mean, the regular one's just my name, but the, the <laughs> second file is named Weep Trash because I'm replaying Zelda with Japanese audio. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, so glad they patched that in, but I know we're going to get to Zelda yeah. in a little bit here and talk some more, so... Yeah, well, I think the the only sort of other discussion topic I have to raise is is like where are they positioned moving forward? What what do they kind of need in the marketplace? Like what they're a very different company uh to to look at moving forward than they were uh 1 year ago, even 5 months ago. Um because they have this really successful piece of hardware, but it's running on mostly first-party games uh, so far. The launch schedule is got some some third-party stuff in there, like Skyrim. We don't quite know what's going on with, but um, you guys. Have I think one on that? key third-party title. It's it's not fully exclusive, but I think uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross is going to be huge in Japan. And Absolutely, that'll is. pair nicely with the uh, first-party title Splatoon Two to help Switch sort of get a, a big foothold in Japan, which is something Wii U never really was able to do particularly well outside of Splatoon's success. Right. And, and one thing you know, I was a little concerned about in going into the launch was the the three hundred dollar price tag without a bundled game. I think you know we've talked in the past about how we thought maybe one two switch should have been a bundled game, and it would have been great to sort of show off uh, what the Joy Cons can do and what HD Rumble can do. But in terms of uh, business strategy for Nintendo, at least in the short term, it seems like they were pretty wise to price it at three hundred without bundling anything in because it is flying off the shelves anyway. So if, if those sales right. ever do slow down, which it probably won't happen for for quite a while now that's when they can start bundling things and they don't really need to consider a price cut probably for quite a while now right well and on that point i think that they can use a better game to teach people how to use the joy cons when they're actually <laughs> selling units to people outside of their normal is it, audience is it like, not great i've not really played it because i i didn't oh, buy it's it so bad it is trash. <laughs> I can't believe they're selling it for any money at all. Oh, no. <laughs> That's kind of how I was feeling. Yes. That's this the reason be a, it wait, should be bundled. You, you mean Milk isn't Game of the Year? Oh, God. No, Milk is not Game of the Year. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would have been a great um, demo game rather than a, uh, a, a game game. Right. Well, that's kind of been some of their launch software lately, at least for the, the, the hardware stuff, because Nintendo Land was kind of built similarly. It was it was demos thrown together. Game & Wario was built similarly. Similarly, It was demos thrown together. Well, and it's um, funny because they've had done such a good job so far with the rest of the lineup and having, like, a really good sort of selling point to the games that they're making. And so it's really mm-hmm. odd to see this sort of standout game that doesn't do that at all. Um, and, right, and I think right. that's really the the core of their selling strategy going forward is, at least from what we've seen from year one, is they're just going to release hit game after hit game. I mean, they had Zelda at launch, that which I would say is probably the best game Nintendo's put out in about two decades. Uh, then they released Mario Kart, the best Mario Kart, uh, now with the battle mode that everybody said was missing. Uh, they're going to have ARMS, Splatoon, and Pokemon Tournament coming uh, over the, the summer and, and into early fall. Uh, all great multiplayer experiences, and then they'll have these this great single-player content, uh, Fire Emblem Which, Warriors, that's, Mario I think really Odyssey, good timing Xenoblade. To, to release the slew yeah. of multiplayer games during the summer, I think, is a really good move. Absolutely. Well, the thing, the thing that blows my mind is we're getting about as many really strong multiplayer first-party games in the first year as Wii U got in, like, its entire lifespan, which is just, like, mind-boggling. So it makes me and excited what's coming later, you know? One thing that's kind of surprised me with Switch, something that I didn't really see happen with Wii U is, and part of this is the portability, but I've been taking my Switch with me a lot of places. You know, it's it's not super convenient since you can't throw it in your pocket or whatever, but I just throw it into my backpack. Ironically, my PlayStation Plus backpack I got at E3. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I just pack up my Switch and go places, and almost everyone I've shown it to has been like, I want one of these. And that was yeah. not a sensation yeah, I got too. with Wii U at all. So yeah. the, the sort of word-of-mouth advertising at least in my personal experience, has worked extremely well. What surprised yeah, me I mean, is... people who... 
how often I'll Go take ahead, it. Alex. What's what surprised me is how often I'll take take it places and people will recognize what it is. Oh yeah, which is something I never saw yeah. even with 3ds. So that's yeah. Pretty great. Well, I think it's 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 got such a great selling point. The form factor of this, this taking the multiplayer home console games on the go. Like uh, people who I would have no idea would have known what the Nintendo Switch was. I was playing Mario Kart in public one time, and they were like, "Oh my god, is that Mario Kart? That's Mario Kart!" And then someone was like, "That's a Nintendo Switch!" And everyone was just like shocked at this thing, and 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 clearly very interested in owning one of their own at some point. Did you, you know, have a millennial rooftop right party? I had a millennial rooftop party. Was Karen, Karen was there? there. Yes. <laughs> she invited zero friends. That's that's why she's getting out there. <laughs> she's putting herself in new situations, and that's good for her. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's just a piece of tech that people actually genuinely want. And so I, I think it's, it's a great moment for Nintendo where they're actually connecting with consumers again, and it's positioning them really well for this upcoming stuff like Super Nintendo World, like when uh, they put, you know... Their their Mario versus Rabbids movies in theaters, <laughs> stuff like that. Oh man, how pumped are you for um, that? <laughs> the movie, extremely, but that's clear, clearly further away. That was not worth exploring that joke as deep as we did. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Switch Online? Switch has online? No. <laughs> well, it will in 2018. So here's the interesting thing is is the Switch online service. They announced it for $20, which is by f- a year, which is by far the cheapest online service. Oh, yeah. However, they also said it was delayed from this year into 2018. That does mean that the free period has been extended until however you know, however long it takes them to get the paid subscription out there. But um, what I kind of got from this was that the, the online – service has already not been great i get a lot of disconnects from mario kart i get a lot of disconnects from arms um and and to see that they're not ready for this yet that 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 raises my eyebrows and that does kind of concern me for games like splatoon 2 which really need online connection to work well yeah it's it's a little disappointing but i i think it's good that Nintendo's showing even this early uh, a willingness to sort of delay and make sure that they launch their online features right but obviously the server problems they're having right now are not good i haven't experienced as much of it as you just because uh I think Mario Kart... Well, I guess I, I, I technically... I own Minecraft. I just haven't played it yet. I bought it and have just not had the time. But that and mm. Mario Kart are the only games I have with uh, with online play. So I haven't really gone online a whole lot with my Switch. But I, I know I've seen other people complain about frequent disconnects. So heading into this mm-hmm. summer of multiplayer titles, that's definitely something they're going to want to address. Hopefully they can, I don't know, throw enough money at their servers that they work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of thought that, that was the whole point of bringing DNA on board was to make sure they had a solid infrastructure. Ben, you still there? Ah. All right, everyone good? Wait, I'm mute, muted. Here we go. Everyone good? Yeah. Okay, I can hear everyone. Yeah. I think you can hear me. Cool. Um, sorry, what were you saying there, Ben? Oh, I said, you know, I thought that was the whole point of them bringing DNA on board, was that they were going to help build a, a solid Nintendo infrastructure online. So I'm definitely hoping that's something that we'll see happen over the summer, because like you said, right now it's it's a bit of a rough start for the online heading into the summer. Right. And that sort of brings us into the, the whole virtual console situation, too, because they said this online service, uh, they, they went back on a promise that they previously made where the online service would get you free one month access to a retro game augmented with uh, new online features, probably uh, probably online multiplayer, maybe potentially leaderboards for high scores. Um but now the new service will give you access to the complete library of online augmented NES games. No SNES or later games confirmed so far. Um, it will give you access to that complete library for as long as you're an active subscriber. As opposed um, so to just the, one a month or whatever they sort of – or one rented a month renting, as they originally yeah, teased. Right. For a month. Right. And um, – so, so far, the games we know of are Dr. Mario, Super Mario Bros. 3, and uh, I guess I only know of two of them. There's one more. Balloon Fight. Oh, well, you mentioned Super Champion, Nintendo. But... I'll be extremely happy if we eventually get that uh, brought to Nintendo's sort of subscription service, because that's that's my generation right there, a 16-bit era. Yeah. I will say, though, I'm not I'm not sure that this is going to be as strong a selling point as I think it is, because I honestly can't think of a lot of NES or Super Nintendo games that I would like to play online. What I'd really like is well, there for aren't them a lot to of have... NES games that I'd like to play now. 
even well, offline. So, like, I don't know that boosting them with online multiplayer is really... Like, Balloon Fight's not that fun in 2017. Sorry, no, guys. No. And I think the real the real compelling value proposition would be something like a Netflix for uh, classic games, where it's not just... Uh, right. Not just NES games, not just SNES games, but maybe uh, those plus Game Boy plus Game Boy Advance. Right. Well, we've seen um, we've seen Xboxes play to um, include what was it? They're they're doing this new like Netflix games like subscription service already. So, but I think that Nintendo could really hit that kind of model home by using that as a leverage point for their classic games, putting all their classic games up there because people don't want to pay you know, $5 for NES games. People don't want to pay $10 for GBA games in this kind of market environment anymore. Digital downloads make it possible to be doing things like a a subscription service where you can get free access but routinely charge the consumers. And and they'll be willing to buy into it for a month as long as they can get complete access to the library. Right. (laughs) That's just sort of the way that media is going, and Nintendo can really take advantage of that, I think, better than other companies can. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, The service that they have. What's that? PlayStation Now. Yeah, I I don't know why I was blanking, but PlayStation Now, you know, it had a rough launch, but it's gotten stronger and stronger as it's gone, and Nintendo just has more valuable IP over time, so there's definitely a a gold mine they're sitting on there, but I'm... I'm just happy, honestly, that we're even getting this, because, like I said, they originally ruled out the whole, you get to rent one game a month, and the internet reaction was not kind, and Nintendo listened, (laughs) so maybe if if we keep complaining, they'll keep giving us more stuff. Nintendo, I want Mother 3, come on. Hey, that's my line. Uh, but that that brings us really nicely into the other the other major point for sort sort of Nintendo Switch moving forward is that they recently said that they still don't know really when Virtual Console is going to come to Switch, which really frustrates me. But also, I wonder if that's if that's really deeply related to what this online service is going to provide. That makes me kind of wonder if they're really rethinking their Virtual Console model and saying, "Look, maybe we'll just put all of our retro games onto this this other service." Um, delay virtual console into t- until 2018 when we're ready to put that out there well we've seen something that seemed to become more and more true over time which is that nintendo doesn't really get the value of their back catalog um i mean yeah. they put out this SNA, this nes classic and but they didn't really see it as a, a they long-term made thing <laughs> uh they saw it as a way to sort of get people interested in switch and get interested in nintendo ip again they didn't see it as a sustainable business uh, we see right. That well, then now. the irony is that Switch doesn't have any classic IP, classic these classic games. Yeah, no, you're it right. It wasn't even a leverage point after all. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I don't. I, I personally don't think Nintendo really thinks their old games are really all that good. I think they think that their old games are, you know, they agree Balloon Fight isn't fun in 2017. <laughs> well, they agree Balloon Fight is isn't fine in 2017, but they also don't understand why people love Super Mario Brothers three. Like. And I don't think I don't think Nintendo really gets it. I think they they're more interested in making their sort of van, modern vanity projects. And some of them are really great. Some of them they they really seem to get where where the market is and they have a good idea. But some of them it's just like you know Sakamoto deciding that other M needs to be about needs to be about Samus's feelings, or uh, Miyamoto <laughs> deciding that uh, Peach gets to be in uh, 3D Mario but not in 2D Mario like. All right, I cut out there for a bit, but uh, I'll pretend I heard everything you said. <laughs> and speaking of Netflix of games, I still want Netflix. Yeah. Because I still have my you. I thought I'd be in more of a hurry to get Netflix, but I, I, I'm feeling like every time I pick up my Switch, I'm too busy playing games to care about whether it has Netflix. <laughs> See, I I am actually the opposite way. I thought I would not care whatsoever when any of those apps come, but I actually find myself loving Switch so much as a useful piece of technology. I want to bring it around. I want to use it around the house and just click that kickstand out, prop it up next to the stove while I play some Netflix while I'm cooking and I need my hands to be doing something else. Um, I don't think ramen noodles counts as cooking, Colin. It does when you cut carrots up into it. Oh, classy. <laughs> and like half a piece of celery, there's a lot of nutrients in those. I'm I, I was personally Chef a hot dog Colin. ramen guy, so I, I totally understand. <laughs> it's Bre- all about Bre- the hot dog and the shaped craft mac and cheese dinners. <laughs> yes, dinners are champions. SpongeBob, Star Wars, whatever I can get. I don't know. I just have so many ways to watch Netflix that it hasn't been a priority for me. Yeah. And I love yeah. I love how snappy switches so much that I, I just don't feel like adding all this extra stuff. Like I, I love my my lightweight Switch OS. 
I love my fast boot times. Fair enough. And I don't want anything to get in the way of my games. But at the same time, they could just put another little bubble down at the bottom menu and, yeah. and launch that into Netflix. It really is, uh, I think, a good follow-up to the NES Classic Edition, so I kind of understand why they do it, because Switch, as it stands now, is about as close to a plug-and-play console as you can get in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's even got cartridges, which you plug into a slot. That's true. All right, so should we start talking about some games here? Yes, we should. We probably should, because uh, I haven't charged my phone since I got home. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Okay. Uh, do you want to do? You, and Apple's courage. Want to get a charger now? Ass? Do you want to get a charger now? Well, I can't charge and have my headphones at the same time because, oh, like okay. I said, uh, how much battery Apple's, do you have left? Apple's courageous. Fifteen uh, percent. Oh yikes! Okay. Oh, so we got to talk fast. Yeah, let's be brisk. Okay. So Zelda Breath of the Wild. I think we're all in agreement. Best game Nintendo's made in twenty years. Uh yeah, that's that is what <laughs> it's I said. Pretty incredible. <laughs> I mean, we all. Th- I think we all thought it was going to be good. I think based on our E3 impressions, and I think our E3 impressions were uh, pretty uh, spot on. Yep, I would yeah. agree. Like to me, there's there's been a handful of complaints uh, that I've had with it, but there's so much overwhelming goodness in the game that yeah. I, when I'm done playing, I'm not sitting there thinking about the complaints. I'm not spending much time going, oh, that dang rain, or oh, those dungeons were repetitive. I'm thinking about the uh, like 155 hours I spent on my first file before I immediately started over with a second file in Japanese. Like, wow. I've never... As I get older, I can't do that with yeah. games. I play a game for like an hour, and I'm like, eh, I gotta go do something else. I can't sit here and play a game for more than an hour. See, that's interesting, because I was gonna say, I've put in about probably 125 just pure enjoyable hours. I don't think that I can say that about maybe any other game ever. Yeah. But yeah. That I have also put in, I've got up to like 155 hours or so in my file, and I gotta say, maybe about 30, 35 of those have actually been really dull, really boring. Um, and I'm at the point in the game where there's not enough to keep doing in the overworld that it's consistently fun. I now at this point feel sort of lost because I think we also hit the nail on the head when we said an overworld this big does have danger, the danger of really big empty pockets. Um, and I think I'm at the point now where I'm hitting all those big empty pockets with no idea where to go that I have yet unexplored. Um, so right now I, I am actually feeling like opening up Zelda is not that fun anymore, but I think the upcoming map update is going to fix that. I hope it is anyway. Yeah, that'll help. Um, so one of the best games I've ever played, I, I, I wish they would have done more in terms of like enemy variety. Um, maybe put more treasure chests instead of Korok seeds in the overworld. Um, enemy variety definitely needed to be up. Yeah. Cause I mean, no Dodongos. How am I supposed to bomb some Dodongos? Right. And this is all stuff that they can build on for, you know, another Zelda game. But in the meantime, you know, I there is so much amazing stuff that is in this game that everyone's already said before. So uh, if we're... Well, one thing I think that's really cool about this is... Uh... I think this has basically become a, a great game to introduce fans of open-world games to Zelda, while yeah. simultaneously being a great way to introduce Zelda fans to open-world games. There's yeah. sort of a third group there, too, which is people who've never really played ga- a game like this before, and they're having a ball with, with Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, my, my roommate is, like, a lifelong Metal Gear Solid fan, and he was playing through Phantom Pain right before uh, Zelda came out. And then I, you know, he watched me playing Zelda, and at first he was like, yeah, I probably won't play it because I don't have my own Switch and I don't want to keep borrowing yours. But after watching me for a few hours every day, it was, hey, can I borrow your Switch? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was loving the, the sort of open world aspect to it and approaching enemy camps from different ways, using the environment to your advantage, using stealth. And I asked him, I'm like, what, what game does like open world stealth better metal gear solid 5 or zelda and he was like oh definitely zelda and this uh-huh. is a lifelong that metal is, gear uh, fan that is really surprising well if we got to go to at a brisk pace here should we hop on to mario kart 8 deluxe sure okay yeah, uh so it's got a battle mode that's the big new thing about mario kart 8 deluxe otherwise it's just mario kart 8 with some inklings king boo still no birdo the most double important items, character nice. double items is nice Oh, and the, the you can get three speed boosts now instead of two from your drift, which is yes, really cool. that's very nice. It, which is sac- which is sort of made to compensate for a, the smart steering mode that they they've added, um, which I think is really interesting because it basically guarantees that anyone who like 
that anyone will have a good time with Mario Kart. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think that they've really balanced that nicely with that, that third speed boost, um, an ultra mini turbo, which I would just call a turbo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, you, you get those as reward for driving and, and, and turning nicely. Whereas, uh, people who cannot do that just don't get punished for the inability to do that. And, and so I think that's, does a really great job of, of letting everyone play the same Mario Kart at once. Alex, I have a confession to make. Oh no, you are you are my secret Mario Kart rival. Oh no, I haven't I haven't done this for many levels because I haven't had a ton of free time. But uh, for some of the levels that I like more, I've gone online, looked up what your ghost time was, and then tried to beat it. <laughs> so. Tried meaning unsuccessfully. Uh, I, I've succeeded on I don't know three or four of them maybe, and I think there was a couple where I came a, a second or two short of you. So wow. I, I beat your time on a few levels, but you've got me on some others. I guess I'm pretty good at this game. All right. <laughs> um, um, I do want to go back to battle mode though because mm-hmm. I feel like this is the best battle mode in the series, and I didn't think that I would because I thought I'd miss the traditional mm-hmm. deathmatch balloon battles. But the other modes are just so great that I don't even care. I love Renegade Roundup. I love Shine Thief. Uh, just the way those have imp- were implemented and and the the uh, the maps that they they added, I think, are just really great. I feel like so. I've never been a battle mode guy. Um, I feel like the modes that they've got here are really good ideas, but there are some settings issues that that really should be adjusted here. Like I, no one that I've played battle mode with thinks that four rounds for a like as a minimum is oh, is yeah. a commitment to make. Um, we always end up quitting after two or three. Um, and a lot of the reason for that is that I feel like the, some of the modes can be underwhelming, like renegade roundup. I, I love what's going on, but if you're playing as the police, you're always going to win. If you're playing as the renegades, you're almost always going to win. That's the way it's been. Like the time for that is too long. So I feel like there are some ways that some of the balance, uh, that some of the battle modes have not been balanced. Great. Um, like when you're playing with two or three or four people, the maps are really, really huge. And when you're playing with twelve people, they can get a little too chaotic. So um, yeah, I definitely felt like some of the maps were a little too too open, too big. But yeah, it's still a lot of fun. I just occasionally, uh, you know, if you don't like you said, if you don't have like twelve people playing, I I found a little hard to right. keep opponents in my crosshairs. Right. So I think I think. I think the, the what they're missing here is not that the battle mode is like bad. I think I think the biggest thing that they're really missing here is, I mean, really just an option for three rounds, but also um, just a handful more battle courses that are smaller, so that you've got the set that you've got now that is really big that's geared that's geared more f- towards twelve players. If they put out a DLC pack that introduces like four battle courses that are small and geared towards more local multiplayer without com interference, I think that would be really great. Yeah, and I'd say the big yeah. thing that's missing are, are, are maps like Block Fort and uh, yeah. Double Deck and those maps with more, like you said, enclosed spaces. Yeah. Um, hallways, um, really. Which is strange because they got Luigi's Mansion from Double Dash, but then they expanded it like three times the size. Yeah. They also made it look like a train station and not a mansion, which was another weird decision, but that's... <laughs> Splatoon yeah. is so great it makes up for it. <laughs> um arms i have them i don't have the game though uh well should we talk about arms because I, I have mean, the game i just i, I did like the we review have to talk about arms it's, we have to talk arms. about arms this is nintendo's next big ip um <laughs> it is so so i'm i'm really loving that this is a game that focuses on characters which is not something that yes, we've really seen too. a lot of from nintendo recently like even splatoon it has a lot of characters but the characters aren't really the star of the show it's really there's inkling the girl concept. and inkling boy and then they just there's okay. lots of them yeah right basically and so to see them uh creating a lot of unique and interesting characters even if the the, the sort of central gimmick of the game is kind of samey and spread out across all of them like it's it's still really cool mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and the cast of characters is very different than the usual kind of Nintendo cast. Um, like it's not they, they they are they are mascot characters, but they don't feel like Nintendo's usual mascot characters. Yeah, they have worse names. That's one thing. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, I I completely agree with you on that. I think I gotta say the voice lines are garbage for just about all of them. Sure. But a bing. 
that's one thing I do not like about about their direction here, um, and especially because I feel like a little bit of work would have gone a long way. Well, it's not like voice acting is Nintendo's forte. Gee, I've been saved by Fox. How swell. So, I, no, I, but, you I, know, I totally... you, you could say something more creative than femme fatale. Like, that's, they just yeah. took phrases loosely associated with their characters' archetypes and then made yeah. the characters say that phrase. Like, that's not writing. Right. So, yeah, that was a little underwhelming. Um, and I gotta say, um, the game itself, it's good. I don't think it's great. There are some key features that I think are... There are some clear gaps in some of the content they made. Like, there's no ability to save replays. In the replay mode, uh, slow-mo, it gets really, really choppy. And you cannot customize your controls, which in a fighting game is a bad move. Especially this one, you have to uh, click L3, or I don't know if they have a name for it for Nintendo, but other consoles. L3, the joystick, you click that to shield. So there are some weird control decisions. Um, You can't really play with a controller without sort of handicapping yourself from the full uh, range of motion, no pun intended of the motion controls um like you cannot widen your grabs with button controls um and so there 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 are these these little nuances that make button controls a non-ideal situation but then i don't know about either of you guys if you've played the test punch munch much but um i the motion controls were not working for me as precise as i made my hands the left one would desync um they would sometimes act when i was not moving them at all i'm glad um, i'm not the only one who noticed that because i played it at the uh one of the switch events uh, back in january and Mm -hmm. i had a great time and then i played it at home and i was having a really rough time uh, at first, I was mm. at first I was doing okay, but then at, over time, I felt like I was actually getting worse. See, at the I game. know that there are people who swear by it, so I know it's not that the that the motion controls are designed fundamentally wrong. And I know that you know there are times when, for one reason or another, the play environment's working fine and it's connected one to one with my my fist motions, and I can get into a really nice groove. But those moments are so few and far between. Yeah, I get a lot of misfires, and then once I get a misfire, it's really hard to get. To feel like it feels like it gets unsynced, like motion wise, and I can't mm-hmm. get back in the groove. Yeah. That said, it's a really great party game. The online lobbies too are so snappy, um, and they let you search for ranked battles while you play other game modes, which is so great. So, Arms is a great, I think, first game for what should be a new series. Um, I think that they next one could be called Legs. <laughs> I guess so. Arms plus cats. <laughs> um, and, you know, you guys uh, have drawn comparisons before to Overwatch, and I think going with that sort of characters put out first in the marketing thing, I think it's a good approach. I'm seeing, like, the twin t- uh, the Twintel memes. Is that her name, Twintel? Yeah, yeah. Twintel. And uh, the Min Min memes, so... I'm a Helix. Keep I'm nice. Min Min memes. So. Helix is fantastic. Oh, God. I also... I'm surprised there are no no memes derived from Master Mummy Hobbies searching for his family. <laughs> <laughs> he was asleep for a thousand years. He needed time to find himself. Uh, Splatoon 2. I mean... Anything to say here, or should we just wait for July? Splatoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I will say... I really love that they're carrying over the community-driven stuff, like the the final Splatfest, into the story of the new game. Like that's that's exactly the kind of uh, community-driven sort of play that Nintendo needs to make when they're making a sequel. Um, mm. It's also a, a move that really suits the style for uh, Splatoon's community. So that's uh, really yeah, cool. I would agree with that. Uh, but I, I gotta say, of, I am so far disappointed not to see Captain Cuttlefish in Inkopolis. I think he's dead. That's my thought. That's my thought. What? Oh I think wow, he, I that's think he dark. Must have, I think he must have passed away. He well, he's he's kind of old. Uh, did he die or did he just dissolve? I, <laughs> I don't know how that works in Splatoon universe. We never had somebody <laughs> die before. The death lore. <laughs> he must have fallen into the water and never returned. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of underwhelmed so far by the number of new weapons that we've seen. Like I've, I'm, I know we've seen a lot yeah. of new subs and new specials, and and that's great, but. Uh, I thought, you know, it's it's really been all about the duelies, and I thought there'd be more new weapons, and so that's kind of a bummer. Um, but I like that they're, um, I like that they're uh, trying to remix the old weapons as well. So it sort of yeah. balances itself out. I also love the the pink and green pro controller. I am yep. so going to get one of those. Uh, I I just pre-ordered that, and I, I I actually resorted to importing the Joy-Con as well from Japan. Ooh! My but that's a great probably, color combo. My wife would probably murder me if I didn't do that. Um, and then there'd be no more Nintendo Week. Um, 
I also like I also like uh, I like Sam and Ren. I'm glad that they uh, tried to expand more modes yeah, outside cool. of the competitive mode and outside of the story mode. Um, I'd love to see them uh, add one more mode that maybe slants a little more toward the competitive side, but isn't quite like Turf Wars or the ranked modes. Um, I want to see a local two-player mode yeah. that's a little better than what they had in Splatoon 1. Yeah, agreed. Um, um, especially nice. with the, the whole Joy-Con situation. It'd be nice to be able to play online with two players on the same machine. Well, um, it'd be nice to have a good offline mode if you, you know, if you go to, I was going to say if you go to like a cafe or something with a friend and and play there, but then I realized they all have play, Wi-Fi. Play That's the point bots of or them. Something. But, but right, maybe play against bots could be fun. Um, uh, or even against each other, just anything, anything that works in that world offline so that you can see what Splatoon's all about without needing a connection. Um, yeah. And, and I know with, that's something that's been rumored, so I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. That's good. Um, um, Pokémon Tournament Deluxe? Or do do we want to keep talking about Splatoon 2? Nah, I'm, I'm good. Okay, Pokémon Tournament Deluxe. They've got the, the characters who came to Pokémon Tournament for arcades and never made it to the Wii U version. So that's uh, Empoleon, Darkrai, Scizor, and Krogunk, and now Decidueye from Sun and Moon. Um, fun fact, the trailer for Pokémon Tournament just doesn't have half the stage rendered. So, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> And this comes out in September, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think yeah. the Switch could load it by then. It's got a lot of RAM. <laughs> it's pretty snappy. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny that we all kind of called that the Decidui would be the sort of star character from Sun and Moon. So, uh, Yeah, that was fun. Um, I don't know. Blue I wasn't Brick. really surprised by this announcement. Um, I was more surprised yeah, that this seemed to be the biggest announcement in the Pokemon Direct. But what are you going to do? Yeah. And it's just a, another title to add to Nintendo's lineup of big multiplayer games coming over oh, the yeah, course no, of the it's next great. few months, too. So. Which, like like we were talking about earlier, that goes well with the, the word of mouth thing. You take your Switch on the go, people go, oh, cool, it's a Switch! And then they come over and you've got six multiplayer games to show well, them. Well, right, and what better franchise to get people interested than a Pokemon fighting game? Not not just, yeah. like, the, the game where you are role-playing and leveling up your Pokemon and, and taking your team that you've trained to battle each other, but just sit down for 30 minutes to... 20 minutes at a time, choose some of your favorite Pokemon and battle it out in an action game. I mean, that's a really, really good choice just in general. And now that they're bringing it to Switch, that's that's going to do wonders for both the hardware and the software that they've got. Um, so I'm glad that this is one of the Wii U ports that they've announced this early as well. I was going to say, it's kind of nice that they're getting a lot of these Wii U ports out of the way. Uh, since these multiplayer games you know, definitely deserve to have more of a life, but also uh, Switch deserves to not be getting them uh, later in its life when it could be getting more new games. Right. Uh, Sonic Forces. Does anyone want to talk about this? Uh, I will say, as usual, as per the par for the course for Sonic games, the more we hear about this, the less interested I am. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great play for the Sonic series. I mean, what else does the Sonic community want but create to create their own characters um that's a very it's good deviant move. art the game well and it's 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 basically it looks to me like it's a lot like sonic generations and um that worked so well and people who want to keep playing sonic can keep playing sonic like that and now create their own characters i mean i'm not interested in it but as insofar as what they're trying to play to i mean i think that's doing a great job I, uh, I saw a funny quote on Twitter. I'm not going to be able to remember who said it offhand, but they, they basically said, I'm pretty sure Sega Team just added in the uh, character creation thing in hopes that they'll boost sales enough that Sega won't look at the sales of Sonic Mania versus Sonic Forces and then just fire the entire Sonic uh, <laughs> yeah. Sonic team yeah. and give everything over to the Mania team. Well, it's funny that you say that because one of my other thoughts was that I'm so not interested in this game that I'm actually hoping this finally kills the edgy new 3D Sonic games and we're left just with Mania-like games that aren't, aren't making so big nostalgia plays but are just new content in the old game style. Well, see, what I want is not, like, the edgy 3D Sonic games, but the Sonic Adventure era, not necessarily gameplay-wise, because it's aged terribly. Sorry, everyone who wants Adventure 3. I don't really care. I just want the crazy, over-the-top Sonic stories where they've got all these animals coming together, and they're, like, dying for humans, and they've got these crazy world-ending plots that are just such... So garbage, it's great. Um, Just this really... (laughs) Bring back the camp. Well, exactly. Insane, campy Sonic is, is exactly what it needs. Um, to ex- coexist with the classic, cool Sega Genesis era Sonic. And Chaos. 
Yeah. I, this, modern 3D Sonic doesn't have a lot of personality, I feel like. So no, it doesn't. That, that's a good way to bring it back. Um, and Chow's. Yeah, we need a Chow Garden again. Just make a Chow Garden game for Switch. Anyway. Uh, I, I'm honestly surprised they haven't made a Chow Garden mobile game at this point, but that's yeah. a little off topic. Anyway, Mario vs. Rabbids. Do we want to talk about this now or save Yay. it for E3 when we know all the same things we <laughs> that is That is a game. It exists. That screenshot of Rabbid Peach taking the selfie, though. <laughs> Every day we stray further from the light of God. Yes, I thought about making that my profile pic on Facebook, but just the shame would have been too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it, it'll probably be fun. I don't know if I'm super interested in it. I but. would be much more interested if they didn't have this ridiculous thing where you don't actually control the characters and you control this weird, like, tutorial Yeah, that's robot so strange. Because that feels like the worst habits Nintendo had, like, in the last couple generations just brought forward into this one, and so it's just something I really just am not interested in seeing. All right, well, let's move on to better things for Nintendo 3DS. We got a couple 3DS announcements that we've missed in the last while. Um, Actually, let's start with something a little more boring. The Nintendo 2DS XL, what do you guys think about that? I think that's... I was not expecting it. I think that's exactly the machine they should have released in 2011. Yeah! Um, Like, it's a, you know really unique looking piece of tech which is something that you usually would expect from a nintendo platform but right. didn't, we didn't really get that with 3ds 3ds was very boring uh, aesthetically uh like the only th- real exciting thing going on with it was the 3d screen and then yeah. no one really cared about the 3d screen so well i my my kind of thought at first was I'm surprised they're making this. Why are they making this? And then from there, I kind of went, I guess it was just the the sun and moon hype made them think there was reason enough to release a new model. And now that that's come full circle now that we know sun and moon are getting follow-up games. Well, and I think they want a lower priced entry point for a uh, 3DS that is not just the blocky 2DS um, because they've got games like Metopia, like Hey Pikmin, which are clearly going to be aimed for a younger crowd. They're not really so much for us. I don't think, um, and so they've got these games that are launching same day as this hardware. So I think that's kind of what they're pushing here is it's a lower price. It's a lower price piece of hardware for younger gamers to get into and get alongside these games. I think they're going to advertise the 2DS with that kind of stuff and the 3DS XL with stuff more like Fire Emblem Echoes, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Well, maybe Pokemon would be, but anyway, point is, um, it's a little bit of a different piece for marketing, uh, purposes. Yeah, I do see myself picking one up kind of as the long-term thing that I use to play 3DS games because uh, my my sadly my Majora's Mask limited edition 3DS is having the uh, gold stuff kind of peel off of it. Oh no! So I oh. need a, I need something a little hardier that I care. After about. all the mess and, uh, that was, it doesn't even last more than two years. Oh yeah, it was it was peeling off within like a year. Oh That's my awesome. god, Nintendo. The, the front the, the front faceplate with the design on it's still there, but the back the back plate is Yeah, that's too bad. Appealing. Damn. Oh I so, gotta uh, censor that. Waluigi time. <laughs> <laughs> and here I've been trying so hard not to swear. Yeah, I got a real naughty vocabulary. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um all right. So, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga DX, or Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions, I guess, has been rumored. Uh, someone found, like, an image of it in the eShop, and they found data for it. Um, Kotaku played an event uh, for Ever Oasis and saw that the Ever Oasis icon was the same one that got leaked alongside this Mario & Luigi story. So, it looks like we're going to get a better Mario & Luigi game for 3DS. Good. That's cool. My main thought was just, can we do Paper Mario 2? Yeah, right? Paper Mario 3D. Remake all the Mario RPGs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we don't have a whole lot else to say there. Um, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. Have either of you guys gotten this? That would require me to no. play a 3DS, which I haven't done since <laughs> uh, Switch launched. But I think I do think well, I'll pick this up eventually because I really, I'm really interested in the dungeons. Let's actually take that segue uh to talk briefly about like where 3ds is in its life now that switch is here um and sort of like like do you guys have any thoughts about that in particular like how long 3ds might keep keep going you know what i think we're gonna see a situation similar to the ds uh, maybe a little less than the ds where it gets ds got support for maybe a year and a half afterwards i think maybe a year is 
a little more likely. But I, I think it was always in Nintendo's mind uh, the the future of the dedicated handheld was sort of contingent upon what Switch does. And Switch is selling well enough that I imagine they're going to ride out the end of the Pokemon craze on 3DS's lifespan. And then I don't know if we get another follow-up after that or not, because Switch is doing well enough that you might as well just bring all of your, uh, your your portable games to that from now on. And we know Nintendo sort of merged their, their portable game uh, developers and their home console right. game developers into one group under one roof. So I think we might get a but smaller I- follow-up, like something that takes a step backwards and goes a little bit more towards like the Game Boy Advance kind of era. Not necess- not obviously in terms of like hardware specs, but in terms of like portability and like the scope of the games that you develop and release for it, I think will be smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's the sort of paradigm that I see is like a home console that you can take with you on the go. And then a device that's really for like just very, very portable games, like a sort of a tier between um, what will now be like, they've got, I think the, the handheld games, or the handheld slash home console games, and they've got the mobile games. Um, and now that the handheld and home console are basically one for one with each other, that if there's any follow up to the 3DS, it'll be sort of a tier in between those two categories. Yeah, I don't know that I really see them adding another tier at this point, just because of the the whole point of the Nintendo Switch project was to move away from this idea that you have to develop different games for different systems, and so I don't. I don't really yeah. see that being a big part of the roadmap going forward. What I do see is something that's cheaper and smaller that can play all the same games. Um, I definitely see something like a, like a Game Boy Classic, you know, with like Game I Boy. I could see something like that. It. I could see something like a retro, a retro sort of, or product. even just a portable retro machine, like a Game Boy SP Classic with X and Y buttons, and then they've got you know NES, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, stuff like that. And I think it might also depend on, uh, you know, Switch is doing fantastic, but we have not yet at this point seen it get very many games that are traditionally portable games. But we have that coming up with, uh, like, Monster Hunter Double Cross is going to be available on Switch. So if that sells well on Switch, Nintendo maybe looks at that and goes, okay, you know, uh, people that bought DS and 3DS are willing to buy that portable style game on the Switch, even if it's not as easily portable as a DS or 3DS. And, you know, I think Nintendo will pay close attention to how the first, uh, like, Pokemon game does on Switch outside of, uh, you know, Pokemon Tournament, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, so step back. 3DS games, here we go. <laughs> Fire Emblem Echoes. So Alex, you don't have it. Ben, you don't have it. I've got it. Um, it's another Fire Emblem game. They've got some really cool uh, differences between the Fire Emblem games that they've already released on 3DS, um, being like the weapons triangle is gone. Um, they calculate archers and, and mages differently. Um, so like they have different effects on the battlefield. They've got overworld dungeons, so you can actually run around in this 3D space and engage in mini tactics battles with some enemies. Um, I think a lot of those systems have their issues. Um, uh I think there is a lot more that they could have done with this game to to make it better, but um, you know it's another great Fire Emblem experience, uh, and I imagine that tactically it's a lot more interesting when you're not playing on casual mode like I am. Um, Filthy casual, but uh, yeah, it's fully voice acted, which is great. Um, a lot of the performances are not great, which is not great, but otherwise it's great. Um, the storytelling is not, I think, nearly as good as it was, especially the, the, the dialogue and just the general writing between characters, um, uh, is not nearly as, as intricate as it was in Fates or Awakening. Um, so to that degree, I feel like it's a much weaker Fire Emblem game, but if you're a Fire Emblem fan, it's totally for you. You're going to love it. All right. I'm now at 6% battery, so we should probably go okay. to predictions. Okay. Uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, real quick, because otherwise, I mean, this is we got to talk yeah, about sure, that. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are coming. Uh, Solgaleo and Lunala fused with Necrozma. It's got an alternate story and Alola. I'm betting there's going to be a a better uh, post game with maybe some a new island or two in Alola. Um, just something more than the battle tree. Maybe we'll get a battle frontier. Um, Stuff to flesh that out. Um, thoughts on this? It's only coming to 3DS, which is allegedly. got a lot of people angry. Allegedly, I'm uh, basically I, I'm still holding out hope for a superior Switch version down the line because I'm at this point I'm just not interested in reinvesting in Sun and Moon on 3DS. Like if I'm so gonna, you if still I'm gonna, believe in stars. 
Oh, I think it's possible. I'm not saying it's happening, okay. but I know when Nintendo okay. announced it, or when the Pokemon company announced it, the website said uh, Switch version to be announced, and then they quickly pulled that and said it was a clerical error. But clerical error doesn't necessarily mean... Well, I mean, later they did say uh, uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are exclusive to 3DS, but there's there's ways around that if the third version is... it's If it, if it is a third version, if there's like a, uh, you know, like a crystal type thing, then it would not right. be a lie to say Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are coming to 3DS only. Right. You know, if they, if they if decide got, like, to do Pokemon Ultra Eclipse. Eclipse or whatever, then then yeah, then they could still say, hey, you know, we, we didn't lie when we said it wasn't coming to Switch. So I, it's it's more that I hope it's coming to Switch than that I believe okay. it is. Uh, because yeah, I kind of lost hope for that. I feel like they would yeah. do that with Gen 8. But well, if if we get Gen Eight on Switch, I'll be happy with that too. But I will say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to redouble down on on Sun and Moon on 3DS again. If I'm going to buy Sun and Moon with a, a fresh story, it's going to be on Switch with you know some, some hardware improvements. Yeah, I'm yeah, in a similar I, place I feel very where that's similarly. that's really the only thing that would get me interested in Pokemon again is having that sort of new experience of playing it on a portable uh, console and also on the TV. I will say I do love how so every Pokemon game has got their abbreviations. We got XY, we got Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire as O R A S. People were abbreviating Sun and Moon to S U M O Sumo, which means now we've got Ultra Sumo. I like that. Uh, and then we've also got Pokemon Gold and Silver coming to the Virtual Console on Nintendo 3DS. No Crystal for some reason. This yeah. is an obvious play, though, right? Uh, anything significant to say, anyone about this, or should we? Call the episode here, and then Alex and I record the predictions. All I really have to say about it is I'm glad it's happening, but I recently went back and replayed Soul Silver through, so I, I kind of got my Gen 2 itch scratched for a little while. I, I might All pick them right. up eventually, but I'm probably not going to be in a rush to go get them. Fair enough. All right, everybody. Well, that is it for this episode of Nintendo Week, uh, unless I decide to just splice them into one and I've just been lying about the whole three E's thing. This is starting to sound increasingly likely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, either way, Ben is going to hop off. Alex and I will record our E3 predictions, and um, we'll deliver that to you however we do. Stay tuned. This is an episode of Nintendo, whatever, you know, it's... It's a thing. <laughs> I'm Colin, we got Alex here. Uh, this is our E3 hopes and predictions. We are saving some battery life, so we are blowing through these discussions. Uh, I think, how about you go first, I go first, cat, or you go first, I go second. We'll go by category, and uh, you start off, then I go, and then we we go we'll, by we'll, category. We'll do, we'll do twice. the things. <laughs> go! Um, 3DS uh, category, pr- what do you got? They're going to announce 3DS stuff? I thought that was what this whole Pokemon oh, yes, Direct was for. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what they're going to announce for the 3DS. They're going to announce Detective Pikachu. They're going to av- announce Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga Deluxe or whatever it's called. They're going to talk about Ever Oasis a bit. They're going to show off that new 3D Kirby action game or whatever they, they you know, said in that Direct there. Uh, they're going to show off that. And then I think whether it's the Treehouse or Nintendo Spotlight, I think they're going to show off more of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon because that is still very unclear what those games actually are. So basically, aside from Mario and Luigi, they're not really announcing anything. I guess not. Right. <laughs> well, this is just E3 predictions. Sure. Not announcement predictions. Sure. And I guess that's that's where I was coming from with the 3DS thing. I don't think there's really a lot in the pipeline for them. I see. Yeah, that we yeah, don't yeah. already know about. Okay, um, so I guess those are our 3DS predictions, or mine anyway. Um, Switch. So I guess my big Switch prediction is I think people are going to be very disappointed with what's, what gets shown and announced for Switch uh, at E3 this year. I think we'll get Smash 4 uh, coming in 2018, launching along the paid online service. Um, I think we'll get Animal Crossing also launching in 2018, tying into the mobile game. I also think we'll get Animal Crossing. Yeah, And that's, I think I'm we'll see more too. of the upcoming Fire Emblem game. But I don't think outside of those three things, we'll see a lot of really groundbreaking, unexpected stuff. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I think we got going, okay? I think we're going to, we're obviously going to see a little bit of ARMS, Splatoon 2, Mario vs. Rabbids. Mario Odyssey is going to be the real big thing they're pushing this yep, year. That's what I'm feeling um, too. That's going to be the central focus of the Direct for sure. But I don't really have a lot to say about Mario Odyssey. 
we're just going to wait and see what that's like. Um, I think they will announce Pikmin 4 finally, because that is coming to Switch clearly. Uh, anyone who's been listening to this show for a long time remembers when they first started talking about that a long time ago. Um, so I think that's finally going to happen. Um, I think we're going to see a trailer for the winter dlc pack for zelda breath of the wild that's what Um, i'm thinking and i think we're gonna see we're gonna get a release date for obviously the june or well the the summer pack and i think that's gonna be very soon um and i think we might get a release date for the winter one um but uh that's the big thing i think they're gonna do with zelda i think we're gonna see fire emblem warriors i don't know if we're gonna see the new fire emblem game proper since um that's coming in 2018, whereas Fire Emblem Warriors is coming, I believe, in 2017. Yep. And um, they're just now doing Shadows of Valencia, so um, I think I think we've got time before we'll we'll see that properly revealed. Um, I'm with you on Animal Crossing. I think we're going to see either Rhythm Heaven or WarioWare announced. I don't know if we'll see a lot of it, but I think that that team has got to be up to something, and and they might as well throw it in there. Um. I think we will see one Wii U port, which I would bet... Do you bet, think it will be Mario Maker? I would bet it would be Mario Maker, and then I've got, uh, as a little side note, maybe, but unlikely, uh, Tropical Freeze. I think probably Mario Maker, though. I think um, if we were going to see a Donkey Kong port, I would hope that it would be both the Wii game and Tropical Freeze. That would be my That hope. would be good. That would be nice. That would be a great value, too. But I think um, if they're going to announce a Wii U port at E3, it's going to be Mario Maker. Um, and yeah, I don't think they would totally. announce more than one. Totally. I do think we'll see some Japanese games that we haven't heard of before. Maybe some new ones, but also maybe some of the games from the Switch presentation that we only kind of got a taste of. Oh, um, sure. I think they're going to want to keep the momentum going on those games that they headlined at their Switch presentation. Sure. Um, so I've got I've got two more. One has been sort of thrown under the bus by the the recent virtual console announcement that they've got no idea what they're doing. Um, I was originally going to say sort of I think that Mother Three is going to be here. Um, I think that that's going to be their sort of you can download it now kind of game right. um, for E3 because I I figured Virtual Console would be coming a lot sooner. Um, and it's very clear that they've been working on Mother Three sort of under the pipeline or uh, sort of sort of under wraps for a while. And and rumor has it that's they pushed it off of Wii U, and now it's coming to Switch so that they can build excitement for for that. Um, Mother 3 is sitting on the shelves somewhere, so I think they're going to put it out. Now I'm wondering, though, if maybe they might actually just bundle that with EarthBound and EarthBound Beginnings, put out an EarthBound series collection digitally and physically, sell that for 60 which would be more than the sum total of all of those three games combined, so they can make a little extra money off of EarthBound uh, riding the coattails of Mother 3's uh, announcement. Um, yeah, that's possible. That's, um, that's, that's kind of wild, but... It does kind of speak to something I've been thinking about how they'll handle classic games going forward, uh, sort of after mm-hmm. observing NES Classic Edition and the way that they're handling those uh, online-enabled uh classic games and that is that i think they might actually lean toward doing classic collections and possibly releasing them on cartridges yeah. and so i think this thing. would this would this would be a great way to launch it with a with a game that people have been asking for for a long time yeah. i don't know that we'll necessarily see that happen at e3 but um it could happen at e3. it'll happen when it happens right exactly um, I was originally thinking Mother 3 just because um, I, I would think that they would, like, announce the virtual console at E3. Um, and I was thinking Mother 3 would be their, hey, you can get this now game. Um, but it seems less likely that'll happen. Um, and the other, the last thing that I am predicting for sure for Switch, they're going to announce Smash Bros. They're going to yep. give us a trailer. And that trailer is going to reveal the Inklings as yep. a new playable fighter. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I would I, be very shocked if that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd, I'd also be shocked if we didn't get Arms Amiibo. Oh, that would be cool. I don't know if I'd be shocked, but that would be cool. At least, uh, uh, at least Springman and Ribbon Girl. I could definitely use Helix. Ribbon uh, Girl's I great, could, though. I've been yeah. loving Ribbon Girl way more than I thought I would. I thought yep. she sucked. She's so much fun. She's fun. Um, all the, all Master Mummy's great too. Everyone's fun. I haven't, I haven't been bored. Bark and by Bite anyone. is disappointing. I haven't. Well, I've been bored I've, by Bark and Bite. I guess I haven't gotten a chance like to play them. as Bark and Bite. I wanted to but they suck. Don't, don't bother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, third party. So you want to make some third party calls? Uh, like I said, a lot of Japanese games. I don't know that they, they, I don't know that they'll take a lot of time to do indie games unless they manage to land something particularly special. Um, maybe if they get, 
They, they could get if they land the Rocket League, that'd be E three worthy. Uh, if they get some exclusive content in ukulele or something, that'd be E three worthy. Um, anything with exclusive content really would be would be E three worthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have any specific predictions you're going to call? Or I mean, I think a lot of what we'll see will continue to be the sort of stuff we've seen from third parties already, which is games that are very. I guess curated for Nintendo platforms rather than more okay. in the vein of a multi-platform comp- multi-platform content okay. that, that people want. Um, that just seems to be Nintendo's strategy with Switch so far. Okay, I got some predictions. Some of them are wild. All right, you ready? Let's so go. I'm predicting Rocket League. I think they got Rocket League on Switch. I think it's going to get I some kind of Nintendo They've exclusive have content. Rocket League on Switch. They've got. Yeah. It. Uh, I think it's going to have some sort of exclusive Nintendo content. I would hope that it's uh, skins from all kinds of Nintendo IP. Um, you get, like, Landmaster car. You get, like, a car modeled after, like, Samus's ship. You got Stunt Race FX in there. But I would imagine that what they do is it's just Mario Kart stuff. Um, I think we're going to see Sonic Forces and Sonic Mania at the show in some way. Yeah, uh, my dog probably. is dreaming. That's what weird sounds you hear. Uh, wow, Jesus! Um, Do you think they'll see Jesus? We'll see he Jesus hates at E3. My predictions. <laughs> yeah, we'll see Jesus at E three. There's gonna be a lot of cosplayers. Um, okay, I think we're gonna find out what the hell's going on with Skyrim. I think yeah. either from Nintendo or Bethesda. I think it could show up in either conference. Um, but I think we're gonna get a release date. It'd be great to see some mod content put out. Uh, by yeah, Bethesda that's what, see, that's what I was thinking. Maybe some mod content that's Nintendo stamped could be really cool. I think we're going to see Hearthstone coming to Nintendo Switch because that is the way that I think that Hearthstone can really get a lock on consoles mm-hmm. is with this portable device. Uh, and I think Blizzard knows that, so I think we're going to see yep. Hearthstone. Plausible. And my final call for third party. I think we are going to see the Xbox 360 and PS3 version of GTA 5 coming to Nintendo Switch. I think huh. Rockstar sees the success of Nintendo Switch. I think they want to port a last-gen version of what is one of the most popular and best-selling games of all time. It's yes. still consistently in the top software charts. So it is a game that is an incredibly reliable bet for sales. And I uh, believe I remember some comments a little while back that Reggie specifically said if there's any game that we want on Nintendo platforms if we could I would want to see Grand Theft Auto appearing yeah. on Nintendo consoles yeah not um, only is it selling so well think, but it, it's every time someone picks up a, play, a system it seems that they're picking up Grand Theft Auto so that's that's right. uh, really awesome right so I think GTA 5 is going to make a splash on Nintendo Switch at E3 2017 and it's not going to be the best version but it's going to be a version that's good for Nintendo Switch and it's going to be and good it's for be portable, Rockstar so. Nintendo and their relationship exactly um, that game just deserves it yeah. um, so final category and then hopefully your phone will still be alive accessories do you have any predictions for accessories i mean i already talked a little bit about arms amiibo i don't really see a whole lot else getting announced at e3 um unless they decide to announce a zelda joy con but they won't did i cut out or did your phone die alex all right well i'll record my predictions in the meantime uh i think we're gonna get a new switch dock i don't know if it's just gonna be smaller or if it's gonna be like some sort of side loader thing um i think that people are not happy with the switch dock um i think that's the ugliest part of its form factor right now um i actually got a really small portable dock basically that you you take the guts out of the official nintendo one and put it into um this much smaller much much better piece of hardware it's basically just the size of that little usb hub that you sit it in there that it that it connects to in the back of the switch dock um so i think we're going to see a new kind of dock um it's just a little better for consumers um or just an alternative for consumers um and i think we're going to see a special edition nintendo 2ds xl for ultra sun and moon um but otherwise i don't know what to do here because i can't hear alex at all so this is going to be a great outro everybody rate us five stars on itunes See ya! Please do rate us five stars, uh, it helps people find us.
I think I cut out because I still see you here. Can you hear me? I can't hear you, if you can hear me. I don't think you can, though. Can you hear me? Alex. All right.